Following your dreams isn't always easy, but for creatives, dreaming is second only to breathing. Six months ago, when I was faced with the choice to switch from a structured full-time job to a dream career talking about superheroes, I chose my dream. Superhero fanatic Martellus Bennett, my guest this week, took the same risk and chose to follow his dreams. From pro football player to full-time entrepreneur, author, rapper, and designer, among other things. I sat down with him to talk about his family, being a creative, and why he started the Imagination Agency, his one-of-a-kind company with a mission to help kids of color go on epic literary adventures. At Marvel HQ, Martellus and I started our conversation at the beginning. The importance of pushing back against the expectations the world has for us, knowing we can fly, and our favorite Saturday morning cartoons. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash voices. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash voices. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-I-C-E-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash voices. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I don't like lines on my papers because I feel like it traps the words. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, So my mom grew up in an age where her mom was like, yo, you need to get this teaching degree so we can get you this job teaching. And my mom was like, that sounds real nice. Uh, I'm going to go get this accounting degree. Y'all can have this teaching stuff. I'm going to do what I want to do. So when my mom raised me like the baby of the baby, she was like, you can do whatever you want. Figure it out. Yeah. Just it. You don't have to have one thing. Just pick one thing for now. Go be great at that, and then go do everything else you want to do. Oh, like I. That's awesome because I think as parents, it's easy to dream dreams for your kid because you want them to succeed. Yep. And if you see something as a way like they is safe for them because you want them to succeed later in life, like they go after this, they'll be safe. They could do it. So everyone try to push their kids into these things that feel safe. You know, like I know that they're gonna make money doing this, or this is something that they could do. Don't reach for the stars, like you know, saying just climb the tree. So like we raised my daughter, I try, I try to figure out, I'll try to let her tell me what her dreams are by her actions and the things I watch her to see what she loves and what she doesn't love. And if there's something that she's interested in, I show just as much interest in it as she does. Like my wife loved makeup when she we moved to New York, she started doing makeup. So I started learning everything about makeup, a good contour, lashes, you know, blushes, earth tones. That way I could sit down and talk to her about it because it's something that she loves. So if you're interested in it and I love you, I should love your interest. Um, but I like, guess like you got to support their dreams, right? You yeah. can't make the dreams that you want to support for them. Yeah. Well, I think that's also, and I've, I've kind of seen you quoted saying this, is like, I can't tell 
particularly kids of color, that you can be anything you want to be and go reach for your dreams if I'm not doing it? Yes, like the number one way to inspire to encourage somebody is by following your dreams. By following your dreams and people seeing you follow your dreams, it empowers them to do the same. Everything is possible. Anything is possible. You could be anything that you want to be, everything that you want to be. And it's just, it's just. I mean, you might not be able to fly around and, you know, shoot, unless you get bit by a spider, you know, you may not be able to swing by a web. But, like, overall, like, I just feel like life is something that is what you make it, right? Your parents have to be extraordinary people. Like, to be able to give, <laughs> how many how many siblings do you have? You have at least two brothers. Yeah, I mean, we're those five of us, six of us, and my mom and my dad, got divorced at a young age and my yeah. dad remarried. So my stepmom's my mom. So in our household is me, my brother, and my older sister lived with us for a bit until she moved. We had a lot of rules and stuff like that. Word. So it wasn't a good mix for her. And uh, it was me, my brother, and my little sister, Ashley, in the household. So I can only imagine that you at least tried to fly, though. Because, like, you love superheroes. Like, it is it is embedded in your DNA. Yeah, I didn't try to fly. I have flown yeah. on several occasions. I mean, I, I came down quickly, but for a minute, for a minute. <laughs> for that two seconds yeah. that you were in the air. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to. Um, I was a kid that watched Saturday morning cartoons with cereal, right? That's me. Like like my book, Hey AJ, Saturday, is basically the first book in a series yeah. is because it's, it takes place on Saturday because I think you find out the most about a kid on a Saturday, right? What is that Saturday morning like? Are they a kid that sleeps in? Are they go straight outside? Do they wake up and watch cartoons? So I want to introduce AJ on a Saturday so you could get to know what kind of kid that you're dealing with through the rest of the series. Yeah. So like my Saturdays were just full with cartoons, superheroes, like... What was the lineup? Like, I feel like, like Saturday was like Pepperin. I love Pepperin. And... I just, I did a character design for a girl named um, <clears throat> Josephine Bones that's kind of like, I love the Pepperin type... Uh, yeah. illustrations like it's a it's part like i always think as a creator the stuff that you consume as a kid becomes part of your dna right so it's not that you're copying them or anything like that it's just a part of your dna because yeah. those are the artists that you grew up loving so for me i mean i was blessed because i felt like i'm really i was born at the right time because i watched several generations of animation because my mom was into yeah. scooby-doo he-man you know, like all, the old school Scooby Doo. Yeah, all the old school stuff. I watched the Smurfs, and then you know I was in that. Did you watch the Snorks? Watched that as well. Oh so gosh. I watched all that. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm a '90s kid, so I was there for Nickelodeon and Nickelodeon Boom and Disney Channel. Like one of my favorite cartoons ever is um, Kim Possible. Like I love Kim Possible. Call Naked me. Mole Rat song. Yes, and that used to be my ringtone. Stop it, it used to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> I am so done. Yeah. So, Ron was like my dude. Yeah. Also. Ron Stoppable is just, yeah. which is a great name. So I used to love Kim Possible and that whole lineup. But then I grew up with CGI. I was part of the generation that got to experience Pixar for the first time. So yeah. I, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, I was there for all those cartoons just because of who I was born to, like my parents and what yeah. my mom was into and the shows that she watched. So I consumed those things and then what I found in my own interests outside of her shows. Very dope. Yeah. But um, I mean, I grew up, like my favorite cartoons growing up were like, like we said, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales. Have you um, watched the new one? Yes, I watched it. What do you think? I think it's pretty good. I think I like they revamped it. I like so the, good. yeah, I think it's good and it's one of my, I really like it. And I grew up with the Rescue Rangers like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, Tailspin was my jam. Bonkers <gasps> was one of my favorite shows growing that up. That show made absolutely no sense, but it was That's why it's so, so great. funny. <laughs> I love the Spectre Gadget because I felt like I could be him. But yeah, my dad was really into, um, like I grew up watching Butch and Sundance. Like he liked Westerns. The like, Westerns. Use if I wear a suit, I wear a three-piece suit and a hat because of all the cowboy movies do I you grew watch, up watching. Do you wear cowboy boots? I just need I to do. Know. I actually do have a pair of cowboy boots that I wear. What size are these cowboy boots? Because I can only imagine that you had to get these custom. Yeah, they were 14. And it's always, I like the only reason I really have them is just so I can say, there's a snake in my boots. That's the only reason I got them. That's <laughs> 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 Yo, I, you are the epitome of a dreamer. And I, I think it's it's absolutely amazing because so many kids of color really need to see that. Because we were ha- we were actually having this conversation uh, with the first episode of the show with Jeremy Harris about the obstacles that kids of color see in front of them. Not that they even know it's obstacles. They just they just there's this limitation mm-hmm. to the idea of what we can be. Yes, subconsciously you grow up thinking like only white kids could be superheroes or like it's not you. It's like I call it the sidekick syndrome. You know, it's like you could play the sidekick role, but you could never be the star. And the idea of, of it is that you're not introduced to the possibilities of being a superhero as a black kid, because Black Panther wasn't a comedy you could read when you're six, seven, eight years old. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. So like fourteen, fifteen, but by that time you you're not interested in being a superhero anymore. So I think that bringing kids of color to the eye, introducing them to the idea and the possibilities of being superheroes at a young age, subconsciously they they grow up differently. There's not enough sci-fi or fantasy fiction where it's like. There's black kids in it. That's why I'm so excited to dive into the book, Children's of My Blood and Bone. The news- I just bought it. Yeah, I read the first chapter to my daughter, and I was just like, I got to finish this other book so I could just dive into this one. And I, like, I'm super excited because we didn't have that. You know, We mm-hmm. didn't have like characters that look like us. Like I was telling like some of my white friends, we were talking about Black Panther one day, and they were just like, it's a good movie, but why is it so big? And I was like, well... It's big because we never been on a big screen. Like, you never have to worry about taking your kids to the movie and hoping that they see their likeness in the movie, right? So for us, it's like, that's why everyone's traveling to Wakanda right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a huge thing, like, to take your kids to be able to see, like, that's us. That's representation of us. Like, it's a beautiful thing. So that's there's power in that. There's power in stories. There's power in play. There's power in imagination and power in the idea. But I think a lot of times the world kind of limits the possibilities for kids only because most of the creators can't create the stories, right? Yeah. So we need to raise more creators of color because then those stories would be told because it's hard to tell stories that aren't that you can't really relate to. Or at least to tell them authentically, right? But I, I read all the characters. Like, I appreciate, yeah. you know, Daredevil and everybody else as well, but, like, those are just special. But the thing is, after you read a couple, like, it's over, right? You can't go back and find another one that looks like you and another one that looks like you. I feel like it's important for kids of all colors, like even white kids, to see black kids as heroes as well, because yeah. then they know as it builds up a tolerance and acceptance that like they're just like us. Yeah, I mean, and and it's about reflecting what America looks like. It's about giving everybody a piece of the conversation. You really talk about this idea of superhero ness and how. It should be accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Who are your top five superheroes of color? It's a mixture of all colors, you know, like top five. Give you it know. to me. Luke Cage. I like Luke Cage because he's just a brother just out there doing right by the world. Trying and to change his trying, community. Yeah, trying to change his community. I like guys who work in their communities 
And then I'll probably say Iron Man. I love I love Iron Man. Iron Man is just like he's funny, you know, he's quirky, he's like and then I'll have to say uh Black Panther's up there. My least favorite hero of all time probably is Spider Man. Why? Because he doesn't go after the things he loves. You know what? I feel like there is a certain mental blockage that Peter Parker has about just like why did it take you so long? We're married. Why? Brother, why is this? Why is this a problem, brother? Like I don't understand. She's right there, bro. You're you're Spider Man. <laughs> Go be Spider Man. Oh, you know what? I f- I didn't mention Wolverine, the Logan movie. I cried in. Because he gave it everything he got to save the kid that he had no connection to, but he realized that she was a piece of him and went after it and did everything he can to protect all those kids because he realized that those kids were the future. And when you think about the future of society, it's like the ultimate thing that we have to do is protect the kids and provide them a path so that they could grow up to change the world. Because those were the ones that were going to change everything that he had forgotten that he had set out to do in the first place. So when he realized that, and he was such a selfish human being, right? So for him to do that such of a selfish act, you know, and, and he's battling a better version of himself, yeah. his old self, what he used to be like. Yeah. This is the new and approved version of you, but no one can outstand Wolverine, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like the battle of being like seeing your reflection. And for me, that was a very powerful thing. It was great writing. And I felt like for Wolverine to be like, you couldn't do that with Cyclops, you know? <laughs> like it had to be, it had to be, you had to be on Wolverine. Like yeah. it just was. So I just thought that was, that's how I watch movies. Like, <laughs> well, I feel I feel like that also is like a direct parallel to the fact that Imagination Agency was started when Jet was on the way. Like you were like, "Yo, I gotta change the things, and I gotta do all the things, and I gotta, I got a kid on the way, and I gotta make the world better." Yes, yeah, like it's like it was. It's that's a huge part of it. It's like again, my job as a as a parent is to help my daughter imagine herself in roles where it's focused on her awesomeness and her imagination and just going exploring the world, you know? So like by creating these stories, I'm able to tell her these stories where not only I'm lucked up because not only this character empowers her, but it looks just like her and it's based on her because my daughter's name is Austin Jet Rose. So AJ is an abbreviation of her name so like hey aj is her so these are experiences that we have together that i just pen and write so for me to be able to have her see herself in that and then it was my first year this year we're moving she's like she's old enough i was like what do you want to do with your room like is it minions or is it you know whatever it is you know that she wants to do and it's a lot of competitions out there there's document stuffings you know door to explore like and she was like i want a hey aj room i i pretty i shed a tear it was like, because I don't force, like, AJ on her, like, but for it is like, I want, she's like, I want this poster in there, then I want AJ, I want Theo, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, I'm like, I'm on to something, like, I am really am empowering her. She sees, not only is the character based on her, she sees herself in the character. Yeah. And then I realized, I was like, yeah, this is, this is going to work. There's other kids, and then I get so many, like, messages from parents, like, man, my daughter loves AJ. She's like, the first thing character kids say is like it looks like me mom and i'm just like wow like i i knew it but i didn't know it right like to have a kid say like it looks like me is like a touching thing like it's like whoa that's me in the book and like so parents like thank you for like you know being the one to do it and things like that and it's so it empowers me to write more stories so now i write i'm writing a young superhero story now yeah um about this kid and um 
it's a graphic novel for like ages six to eleven, and I'm I've been encouraged by uh, Marvel by watching the things they did, and I'm just like, man, it was really cool. If I could start creating you know stories from a young age that kids could grow up with these characters, it's gonna be really really fun and really really cool. So. My whole thing was representation. Like I write to encourage kids of color that they too can go on great adventures. So I never focus on their color. I never focus on the way they look. I focus on just the story. And Who I always, they are. And I always put both parents in the household in the AJ books. I mean, because me and my wife both are in the house. But like yeah. a lot of the children's books, like it's only you no know, one parent. But I thought it was very important for the world to see that there are houses where kids are to have awesome experiences but both parents are there yeah. and prevalent so like in in bedtime both parents are tucking her in bed right you know what i'm saying a lot of my stories are like from the dad perspective you know dad is always coming to the rescue and things like that but there's some stuff where i'm writing my wife into it as well and there's like aj aj calls for mom aj when aj when the yes. when the kitchen has gone crazy and there are monkeys everywhere and a rastafarian giraffe spinning around in a chair. Wait till you hear his voiceover in a new cartoon. Can we talk about the fact that the entire, like, I can't stop playing with the app because you can, the intricacy of this app and the ability to go back and play with all the animals and, like, the choice that you get to either have you reading it or the voice of AJ, like, there's so much intention that you put in this work (laughs) doing this representation, but also... You're a superhero for adults. Like, you publish and distribute this yourself. Like, all of this is... Yeah, I just... This is my first year did distribution deal, but I still publish my books and print my books and because I didn't want anyone to control the content, right? Mm. I wanted to tell the stories I want to tell, right? I want someone to tell me, like, oh, we need a story about kids underwater, you know, or anything like that. Like, they put out these things and say, like... This is popular. Like this, this is the type of story that people are buying. You know, based on whatever X, but, Y, and Z. But I think a great story is a great story. People discover great stories all the time, and you write. You should write from the heart, not write from a place of like business, right? Yeah. And I feel like, like the app. I feel like if I'm making something, one being an athlete that's creative, my product has to be great because people don't expect me to be creative. So like when I build the app, I'm sticky note, sticky note. Like each touch point. I built through a sticky note web and it's just like like the you can press the frogs and the frogs jump into the smoothie. I'm like <laughs> Yeah. What? It just said ribbit and jumped into the Oh, wait till you see Hey AJ's bedtime app. That one is a hundred times more detailed than the first one. So speaking of good stories, I literally teared up when I read Dear Black Boy and I am ready for this book to come out. Uh thank and it's you. October, right? Yeah, it should come out this fall. One of the things I, I, I love about the well-roundedness of who you are as a person, mm-hmm. not even as an athlete, just as a person, is that you have this way of still telling your own story and where your positions are and causes that you really believe in. And it started off from Instagram, right? Like there was an Instagram post. Yeah, I posted on Instagram after one of the shootings and... I'm sitting there and I'm just in shock watching the news. And while I'm sitting there, I'm just like typing this out while I'm sitting there and I'm writing. And then I have a friend who's like my editor on everything. He was like, man, we should like take it and, you know, elaborate more on it. I think you have something here. So let's elaborate more on it. So and at mm. that moment, I was like, man, struggling with the idea of just being an athlete. Right. Like people seeing you as just an athlete. And I was just like. Or the idea, the way that they like black kids feel like sports is the only way to go. So I wanted to use a sports metaphor for life, 
right? And when I wrote Dear Black Boy, it was like a letter to my, not only to my younger self, but to encourage the kids, you know, as they begin this journey. There's nothing wrong with sports. You can play sports. But like the game of life is the ultimate game that you have to prepare for. And it's Dear Black Boy because it's not Dear Anyone. It's just because like anyone could read it and get that letter of encouragement. It's really a letter Mm -hmm. of encouragement. So then I was like, oh, this deserves a book. My brother wants me to make it into a short film. So I've been thinking about doing it in stop motion as Ooh. a short. And he's like, you should take it to film festivals and stuff like that. And uh, But for me, it was just like, I like to, like my brother speaks on things, you know, like his activism is through like the way he speaks and, you know, he's up front. Mine is done through art and literature. And I think there's different ways to say the things that you want to say, but I think with Art and literature, like, it is what it is, right? You could write it and you could leave space for interpretation or you could take the interpretation out and just, like, wow. Like, yeah. and a lot of, I got a lot of messages. Like, some people tell me, like, they read it to their kids before bed, like, you know, or in the mornings. And so I was like, oh, we should turn this into a book. And I, the way I illustrated a book is really beautiful because there's not a lot of art in it, right? It's Every single page is a different shade of brown. And it's skin tones because when you read the page, I wanted each kid to be able to see themselves as you turn the page. So I'm talking to kids. When I say black boy, it's not just my skin tone. It's all these different shades of browns and blacks. And then like the the end paper illustration, I think that's going to make a lot of people cry. I mean, so. I cried just reading it. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even lying. I was rereading it this morning on the train uh, before I got here. And I was just like. One of my colleagues, actually, I don't know if you know Wade Davis, but um, um, he played for the Titans. He does a lot of work in the feminist sphere now. He really spoke very highly of you and your brother and your your social activism Mm -hmm. in what you say. Like even um, like the amounts of money you've given back to the community to do work in your mind right now. What are your top causes that you're you're really like pushing in the community? Because I feel like that's that's where your heart is. Yeah, I think the two main things I'm trying to do right now are trying to develop a curriculum for coding camps in underserved communities because I feel like coding is going to become the blue-collar work of the future. And a lot of kids in the underserved community, they never introduced to, a lot of them don't have computers, you know, or they're not introduced to coding or the idea of it. So that, and I like to do, like, art-based camps. Like, I don't do sports camps. Like, we want to do film camps, stop-motion camps, so they could learn how to do all these different skills and fall in love with the art. So, like, those two things, like the coding camps, the film camps, and things like that, all the things I love that no one ever came back to my community and introduced to the possibility of doing, I want to be the guy that introduced the younger generation to it. Like, you could write films. You could go to college for creative writing. You go to college for filmmaking. You could go to college. You go to college for band. Like, all the kids want to rap, but they never think about scoring films. Mm. Right? Like, those kids are so talented to be able to rap and produce music the way they do. So, like, the animation thing I'm working on right now, I'm talking to Chuck English about um, Chuck English from the Cool Kids about scoring it because I think it would be cool for them to see a kid from the hip hop community scoring films because that keeps that narrative of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to become as bigger than yeah. this. And you really are collaborator, right? Like I've, I saw the stuff that you wanted to do with Chance the Rapper and then Zuvi. Oh my god! Did you like Zuvi? I did. Yeah, I, but I like I like Pink. I love penguins. Too. I really love they're penguins. The, they're baby whales. And uh, <laughs> I also I like Zuby and I hate Zuby, right? <laughs> I think it's good, and I and I thought it was a good project, but it was my first time ever making an animated film, right? I never I didn't go to school for animation. 
I didn't do anything. I just read these books and I watched all these animated films. I watched the behind the scene clips of like directors talking about different scenes. And I just kind of like self-taught. At a certain point, I was like, all right, I'm ready for this. So I get into it and I think I leaned on like a lot of people that were in the industry a little bit more than I should because like the way my tone is is a little bit different, but I didn't trust myself as much. And it's hard to trust mm-hmm. yourself in a, something like that because you put so much money into it. Because mm-hmm. I fund all my projects myself. So right. I don't have no investors or anything like that. So like if I fail, I you know, I feel like if I fail with the things I make, I don't only fail the company and I go broke myself, but like I fail the culture. And if I'm not if I'm not doing well, I'm failing the next generation of creators. So I have to continue to build. I have to continue to build. Like it was important for Ryan Coogler to do well because now other young black directors will get a chance. Like if it doesn't do well, then everybody's like, ah, maybe we back 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 a little bit. So just from him being successful and it making that much money, it's like okay, maybe these other guys can do a little bit too. Because if you think about like black directors, like you talk about like Ryan Coogler and Ava and. Uh, Issa Rae and there's but you could count them on two hands really right they're doing a great job but it's still not enough of us in those positions of making the shows and the content and then that's kind of one of the things I wanted to ask like do you feel like that expectation right that expectation of being a person of color that expectation of being someone who is an influencer who's has a platform do you feel like that encourages you to try more risky stuff or do you feel like there's times like you were just saying like this idea of like learning to trust yourself through this process do you feel like that has made you kind of go do I want to do this after I did Zuvi I was just like man like I like Zuvi but then I was like oh there's parts of it it was like I should just said this and just my voice but now I'm like I'm creating exactly what I want you guys work for me. This is what I'm doing. This is how the story needs to be told. I'd rather fail telling the story I want to tell than trying to tell the story that was influenced by others, right? Mm. I'd rather tell that story. I'd rather the story AJ that I write suck than like to have other people putting their hands in my gumbo and my gumbo tastes like it's not what I wanted it to taste like because someone else decided to add a little more paprika. You know, like, no, you're messing up the roux, bro. Like, back up. So, like, now I just trust my recipes for the roux that I'm brewing when I'm making things and um, I just want to tell the stories I want to tell because I feel like and I think that's what everybody did like Stan all those guys they told the stories they wanted to tell and those people are going to connect to those stories if, you, if you're a good storyteller like people are going to connect to those, those stories so do you feel like connecting with superheroes changed the way you are now as an adult yeah I think that like I mean there's this idea like of saving the world, right? Even if it's just your world, like your 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 town, you know what I'm saying? Like there's something beautiful in that. And being a superhero in your family, you know, you want to be the superhero dad. You know, you want your daughter always to feel like you could save the day. Like I tell everybody, I feel like I made a lot of money, but the moments I feel the most rich is not when I'm buying things. It's like when I'm roasting s'mores on a Tuesday afternoon with my daughter for no reason. It's just like, we just want to eat s'mores today. And for those moments, the idea of having the freedom to roast a s'more on a Tuesday afternoon, it was like a huge thing to me. Like s'mores are like, you go, you got to go camping. It's the whole thing. But here we are on a fire pit roasting s'mores and just telling stories. And Jets are really, I'm raising a really good storyteller. All right, so we got rapid-fire questions. All right. Favorite superhero? Darkwing Duck and Captain Planet. Captain... Okay, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) What is your superpower? 
the ability to take other people's superpowers. You know what? I mean, come seriously, that's just cheating. I know. That's just cheating. <laughs> it's the greatest power ever. I can't fly. Come here. Now I can. You know, so it's just really cool. It's like when that moment when Thor threw his hammer and uh, the guy caught it or the girl, his sister caught it. His sister it, caught it, yeah. And he was just like, oh, snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man versus Deadpool, who wins? I mean, Deadpool. Spider-Man loses because he has a conscience. Deadpool's fighting to win, right? So Spider-Man always going to hold, he always holds himself back a little bit. Deadpool's going all the way right now. Right, you know, he's like that guy that comes out, comes out for the swinging from beginning to end. Mike Tyson, boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? So I think Spider Man, he always has to get in his way, and like there's moments where he's gets knocked down and he has to like overcome himself before he could be great. Right, and he always has that self battle with himself. You know that that's one thing that makes Spider Man movies great is that inner conflict that he has of like you know being who he is and you know being a kid and stuff i do think the kid playing the new spider-man is pretty quirky and funny anything else you want to say i think that everyone in the world has a superpower but your journey in life is to discover what that superpower is and you may not have the ability to take other people's superpowers like i do but you are super word (laughs) (laughs) that was amazing oh cool also i need i need you to sell Huge thank you to Marty for sitting down with me. Don't miss his book, Hey AJ, It's Bedtime, an upcoming book, Dear Black Boy, out in October. And remember, everywhere you turn, there's inspiration. See you next time.